Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Hey everybody, welcome to the B4 Church Podcast. My name is Brad Williams, and I'm the lead pastor here at B4 Church. And hey everybody, my name is Alex Lessler, and I'm also one of the pastors here at the church. And I'm Ashley Rich, and I'm on staff, and it's popping in today as well. Hey, so today we are going to continue a series that parallels our Sunday teaching series um, that is a vision series called All Things New. And we're talking about the four Bs, and in particular, um, this B, which is belong, is what we want to talk about today. Yeah, we're talking about belonging today, which is a huge part of what it means to be the church. And, you know, our whole hope in this, just for those of you that are tuning in, is really to add some conversation around the things we're talking about in this message on Sunday. So we're going to talk about some stuff that's a little different, a little off the map from where we covered things on this weekend. But uh, yeah, that's that's the whole idea behind this. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about this and um, this idea of belonging and where did the language come from in the first place for us? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously um, for us, it's really looking at words, looking for words that help define in multiple dimensions of uh, uh, it, multiple dimensions of just saying, like, what does this actually mean? Like, how do we define what we're doing the most simple way, but also capturing the most robust understanding of it? So the word belong is really an intentional choice on our part because um, belonging has a double meaning to it. Um, You can belong in something and you can belong to something. I talked about that on Sunday, that this whole idea that we actually can belong in and belong to, and there are really two radically different directions that that Mm -hmm. understanding can take us. Okay, so there's a lot there, um, and I interrupted Ashley, sorry, but I just am like thinking, like, how do you differentiate belonging in, belonging to, um, and why is it important to use that kind of language for us? Yeah, I think one of them, you know, to, to really summarize it just quickly, I think one of them, um, the, the idea of belonging in is more an issue of like identity, and I think we talked about mm-hmm. that a lot this weekend, that yeah. That identity is what Abraham leaves. He leaves his land, he leaves his people, and he's forming a new identity. And so belonging in is this thing that we sort of, we're looking for home. You know, I mean, I think that's really the idea that all of us have this thing where we're longing for home. We're longing for a place where we know we belong, where I'm accepted and I fit. That's kind of the idea behind Mm -hmm. belonging in. Belonging to is is really the sense of responsibility. So if one is identity, the other is responsibility. It's this idea that, um, there's responsibility that I have, that if I belong to you in relationship, which sounds strange, you know, we, we're comfortable with that in a marriage context, right. but we're unfamiliar with that because of our culture mm-hmm. in, a, in a friendship context. So if I belong to you as a friend, that speaks of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the belonging in is something people are often looking for, that they want a place where they're belonging and they want to feel like I fit. There's a place, like we all want to be like the cast of friends where we have right. our group of people where we feel like these are people who get me, they're people who are like me. I think we don't often see that piece of the belonging to and the responsibility. And that's why I think family is actually a good analogy for church mm-hmm. because family is a place where you are loved and you are accepted, but you also like, you have to do chores. 
chores. You have to mow the grass. You've got to do all of that stuff or else the family doesn't function well. And I just think that's that's why I think family is one of the best analogies of what it looks like to belong to a church. Yeah, I think one of the challenges for that too, and it's really interesting, is that in our culture— a lot of people might say things like, well, you know, this church doesn't meet my needs or the church mm-hmm. isn't doing what I'm spo- I think it's supposed to do. And the reality yeah. is a lot of times we're also leaving out that sense of responsibility that if I'm mm-hmm. belonging to this, well, there are chores to do. And then we go, but I don't want to be in a place where there's chores. Yeah. So you're probably not going to experience genuine belonging if yeah. that's the case. Okay. Off the wall question, but do either of you know anything about quantum mechanics? Yes, a little no. bit, but not as much I, as you do. No, I, I don't know a whole lot, but I'm in like the very beginning stages of beginning to understand this scientific field. And I think the thing that's been absolutely like mind blowing to me is how the smallest, tiny little pieces of matter um, yeah. that exist in the world, they all exist in relationship with something else. Right. And together, when they come together, kind of the idea of when they belong together, they create and form something new. And so the reason why I bring it up is because it seems like the way God created the universe is that it is designed to be in relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. And I just was thinking about this because I think human beings all over the globe have this deep ache inside of them that was actually created by the way God created the universe mm-hmm. to belong someplace, yeah. to be in relationship with someone. Yeah, I so, think that's part of the beautiful thing of the, of the story. You know, we've, we've talked a little bit about this in this series already, but when you wind back and you look at the larger narrative that's being told in the Bible, it begins with this thing that's beautiful and whole. And yeah. this idea of relating to each other and belonging to one another is actually one of the primary themes there, right? Mm-hmm. So we have we have a God that is Trinity, which that in itself, right, the idea exactly. that we have Father, Son, and Spirit, we have right. the Christ, we have the Father, we have, the, you know, this. there's this idea of them operating in community together. Totally. And then the Bible says that we are created in God's image, which means ultimately ultimately that we are created for a communal existence, yeah. that there's mm-hmm. a communal dynamic to this part of who we are. And, and so that's, you know, that's this beautiful picture that it starts with. And then the, the community's broken. Then mm-hmm. the next chapter, you know, we get to Genesis chapter three and the story moves and the movement is, well, now there's fragmentation. Now there's mm-hmm. disorientation. And so one of the aspects of that is that the belonging is broken yeah. and we no yeah. longer relate yeah. to God the way we are supposed to relate. We no longer relate to each other. I mean, you get to, you get to Cain and Abel really quickly right. Right. and you see the fragmentation yeah. and now we're, and, yeah. and that's truly, uh, even, even though it's, you know, it's just this, be- this crazy complex story. It's this beautiful picture of where right. we are. We now right. live in this conflict with each other. So right. ultimately what the gospel does and what the church does is say, can we repair this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like even even the—we're looking at the story of Abraham, right? And, like, right before that is this story where the nations all get fractured and splintered and broken apart. And that's even, like, the context or the backdrop of God saying, no, but I'm going to put something back together again. And I think why it's important is because— Belonging to a church is so much more than like belonging to a club or a gym or like an affinity group. This is like a deep human need. And that's the reason I bring up the old science idea in the first place is like it's woven into the fabric of who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, belonging in, belonging to, um, we think it's vitally important as a human being to realize that God created us for relationship and that relationship is expressed together in a local community of faith, the church, 
um, it's part of the reason why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, because one of the other things is that we, we don't just say it's friendship because it's more than friendship. I mean, we, we talk, when we talk about belonging here at B4, what we're talking about is belonging to gospel community. And I always like to distinguish and say gospel community is very different than just friendship. We can okay, have lots well, of friends. Okay, then what is, how is it different than friendship? Well, I think at least from personal experience, I was thinking back to like one of the times where I felt the most like I belonged. And it was probably one of the times that I was in a spot where I never thought that I would be, which was I was in this Bible study fellowship group. <laughs> I was a leader. I was by far the youngest person in the leader group. I had been asked to be a leader like the week after I'm crying on the phone with my leader telling her that I had just been broken up with for the first time and I was devastated. <laughs> but I found in this group of old ladies, honestly, but sweet women who some of which were old enough to be my great grandmother, that there was a love that they had for one another and a love that they had for me that I had never, like I'd been in church my whole life. I'd experienced this, but this was just like when I was broken and hurt, this was the most amazing outpouring of feeling like I belonged and when supported and loved by these people that I didn't have a ton mm, in common with good. besides that we were all women and we loved Jesus. But they were able to support me in one of the most tumultuous times in my early 20s. And just every time I walked into the room with them of just feeling like even though they don't listen to the same music, we're not reading the same books, they would be appalled by the movies I'm watching. <laughs> these ladies love me and they want the best for me and they can support support me in prayer and they can laugh at my jokes. And it was just this beautiful yeah, example good. of we don't have to have things in common, but we can belong. Yeah. I love that. There's dimensions of that that are so cool. And that's why I call it gospel community, because what you just described is relationship that is multi-generational. Mm -hmm. The gospel does that, right? The gospel yeah. creates multi-generational relationship because um, the common ground isn't just that we have everything. We, we, we like all the same stuff. Our yeah. common ground is the gospel. Yes. And then the other thing about gospel community that's so beautiful, and you just referenced that, Ashley, is this idea that um, it was a place where you could actually show your brokenness. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's I think that's the critical part for the church, especially the church, yeah. because I think so many people think the church is someplace where you have to pretend to be perfect. And yet mm. the gospel demands that we admit our own brokenness. Yes. And so it should be the place where the most transparent, right. should be the place where the most vulnerable. And so gospel community really is a vulnerable community where I can actually show you and say, here's where I am. Here's where I'm struggling. I did that with you today. Yeah, I, yeah. I sent Alex a text today and yeah. said, man, I'm really struggling with anger. And right. that's a tough thing for me to admit to somebody. Right. But here I am texting you saying, hey, man, I need you to know, like, right. I'm struggling with anger. And you're like, right. hey, you can fire back something to me. There's a transparency to gospel yeah. community. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and even in that example, in both of your examples, there's pictures of a word that comes to mind, which is intentionality. Yeah. And it's like, in order for us to have the kind of belonging that I think every human aches for, there has to be an intentional effort for that. Right. And that requires effort, like you sending me a text and saying, I'm struggling with that, which I do the same with you. And that's part of the beauty of deep, meaningful friendship is that you can be not just intentional, but vulnerable as well. Yeah. But why is that so hard for us to do in the church? Well, I mean, let's go back to the original story, right? So we go back to the garden and yeah. we have this beautiful picture of unity with God, of relationship, people living, belonging together. And then one of the first pictures that we have is, is people hiding. So yeah. after there's this decision to rebel, we hide. And I think that that's a really important lesson for us all to learn. And that's that the natural knee-jerk instinct of human beings is to hide our brokenness. We don't want to appear broken. And right. so 
Um, and then I think that gets, because of various theological standpoints or the way churches have abused people or mm-hmm. um, the way that people have thought about the church, the broken ways they've thought about the church, yeah. there's been this idea that, well, like the church is for perfect people when yeah. it's actually the opposite of that. Right. So you, you take some of the church's missteps throughout the centuries and you couple that with our natural inclination to hide. Yeah. And suddenly the place where you should be most vulnerable, most transparent becomes the place you don't feel like you can be. Yeah. 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 No, uh, you know, and again, like if you're listening to this, this is not like a, here are the four B's for the reasons why we organize and strategize and and programatize our church. Those things are true. But this is about how we live as pe- new humanity, how we yeah. live as the people of God. And so, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about it, one of the great takeaways would be be intentional. Yeah. Like be vulnerable with people, help create the kind of community that you would want yourself to be a part of. Yeah. You know, Alex, I think one of the things I want to say when you say that is that, um, or at least add to that, is that, that this is why we're defining this yeah. because we have to define it. We won't naturally fall into this. We're not going to naturally choose to be transparent especially in our culture, we're going to pull mm-hmm. away from belonging. And so that's why as a church, we have to say, no, no, we're putting this at the top of the list yeah. and we're going to make this happen and we're going to prioritize this And because it won't just happen. There is yeah. an intentionality that it requires in order mm-hmm. for us to live in this. Yeah, and we're living in the midst of a world where, you know, we're displaying our highlight reels on social media. Nobody wants to show the picture of, you know, oh, I'm really angry today or, you know, I just had a fight with somebody or I'm having trouble with whatever. It doesn't matter. Being able, like, that's where we can be different from the world around us, where the rest Mm -hmm. of the world is like, look at how cool I am. Here's all the things that I've done. We want to say, this is the place where you can come and you can open up and you can share the struggles and still be accepted. There's that unconditional love. Of peace that comes into that. Yeah. And then the other thing that the reason we call it gospel community is that it's not just like, hey, we see you in your transparency. We see you in your mm-hmm. vulnerability. You can be yourself here. But then we also, a gospel community is a community that says, so how do we move forward? Like, how yeah. do we become who God created us to be? So it's one thing for me to say to Alex, man, I'm really angry today. I'm really struggling. I'm frustrated, all these different things. Mm-hmm. But in gospel community, Alex asks a question like, well, Anger is a secondary emotion, <laughs> which is exactly what he You're sent me. You're literally reading the yeah. text message I sent yeah, back to so you. He sent you me never this got te- back to me, by I the know. way. <laughs> so it's he sent me a text response. and he says, well, we all know that anger is a secondary emotion. So what's the primary thing that's going on? Why do yeah. you find yourself yeah. angry? Well, that's gospel community. Right. You know, regular friendship, people go, yeah, man, you deserve to be mad. Right. And gospel community says, hey, how do I help you with yeah, whatever you're dealing the with? the combination of openness and being able to share and be able to be vulnerable, but also knowing that like, hey, like Jesus is changing things, like the hope and the change that come along with also being vulnerable. Right, which we can't talk too much about because no, next week we're going to be talking yeah. about being. So yeah. that's a whole different okay. thing. Okay, but real quick. So a group of people is made up of a bunch of individuals. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm thinking about this question and I just am curious what both of you think about it. Have you ever thought about how significant one person can be in an impact of an entire community of people? Yeah, well, let's even just reverse it a little bit. When you say that, that construct that you just said is completely a modern construct, that a group of people is comprised of a bunch of individuals. Yeah. Uh, previous cultures wouldn't have even thought that way. It was just like, you are. Right. You are. You're a part of this whole thing. Right. Which is actually— your tribe, your village, your people. Yeah. Yeah. And so the importance of one individual—actually, this is what's so strange. In our highly individualistic culture, we've actually devalued the individual. Right. Where when you go back in time and you think about the more communal um, societies, ones that identify more socially, like like the ones we're talking about in the scriptures— Right. 
the impact of an individual was right. actually elevated. Right. Because they make a difference, right? So sure, one person sure. makes a massive... I mean, we've all experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's... I think part of my thought here is that there's people listening, and, and this is a big church. What, there's a few people that are a part of this community of faith. And it can be really easy to think that, okay, that's good for all of you out there, but how does it really matter for me? Right? And, and so I, I don't want to be hyper-individualistic, but the truth is, is that... Um, it part of connected to my story of coming to faith or even the realization of my faith are these people that I have no like name of, just a face and the right. way they acted and behaved and did small little things that taught me a lot about life yeah. and Jesus. Um, and, and the thought is, is that if you're listening to this and you're in this like, well, how do I fit in the grand scheme of things? You may not actually know. And it may be some insignificant thing, like you held the door for somebody, you smiled for somebody or something along those lines, but that contributes to people's need to belong. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, um, I was in you know ninth grade and I get assigned a small group leader at my church. My small group leader was a Air Force guy yeah. that was stationed at Luke Air Force Base in Phoenix. And his name was Egypt McKee. It's a and, great uh, name, by the way. Awesome name awesome. and awesome dude, you yeah, know? Yeah. In fact, if you're here for our first message, he's the one that nicknamed me Elway. <laughs> um, but but what was interesting was that, um, I mean, that guy was the reason I came to church. Egypt was yeah, the reason that when I woke up on yeah. a Sunday morning as a freshman in high school, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to be at youth group because of him, because right. of his influence in my life. And it was it was interesting because I ran into him years later and I realized um, he didn't he, ne- he didn't remember me, first of all. <laughs> uh, he actually, uh, he didn't remember my all name. Right. Turns out that's why he called me my nickname. Right. And so, um, but, but I've shared with like student leaders and volunteers in youth ministry and kids ministry over the years, how critical it is. And by the way, now Egypt, when he got out of the military, he became a speaker and he's an awesome, wow. awesome follower of Jesus. Great guy. Um, but, but I, I tell people all the time, he didn't even know my name and yet he was why mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of this. And he was a guy I looked up to. And so I just think about that when you think about the life of one individual, yeah. you, just saying someone's name in community, just encouraging them in some sort of way, it makes such a huge Or giving difference. them a nickname when you don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey guy, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's so cool. Um, man, I mean, we could keep talking about this concept and this idea. And I, I, I just, as, I, as I'm thinking, it's like, hey, let's land the plane here yeah. and get hyper-practical. What are like one, two things that you feel like you could share, um, either of you guys, Ashley or Brad, as we're just kind of wrapping up to land the plane for us? Yeah, you know, one of the first things I would say, and I, and I said it Sunday and I'll say it again, and that's you have to be intentional. You have to make the decision to do this. There's going to be like a threshold that you have to press through in order to actually achieve this and experience this. There's going to be moments when you go, I want to withdraw. I want to run. You're going to tell yourself the lie of culture that, no, it's better to be individualistic and better to be free and, you know, all these different things. You're going to think that this is the contrary. And I think that there's that part of it where you're going to have to make sacrifices. It doesn't come easy. I think that's the one thing I want to say. Yeah, Yeah, I would say um, it's not sexy. And what I mean by that is it's not going to look like an episode of Friends or How I Met Your Mother. The people that you're going to end up that you're going to be the closest to or the people that are going to make the biggest difference may not be people that look like you, may not be people that you thought you were even going to like, um, may not be people who are in the same age bracket or are, you know, in the same affinity group. But that's actually some of the most powerful relationships are the ones where you are with someone who's very different from you and you're learning from each other. Yeah. So good. I, uh, if I could chime in one thing and that, 
um, actually came to mind as you guys were talking that when we were talking about the life of Abraham, he actually had to leave a community that he belonged to. He had to leave behind a communal identity even to be a part of this new thing that God was doing. Mm -hmm. And it was truly the best way to be human, the best way to live in community. And so part of the thought for me is recognizing that um, we all learn, yearn and ache for something that connects us but sometimes we gravitate towards the wrong things, the wrong ideas of what that looks like. And Jesus invites us into something that is only going to truly so fulfill us. So yeah. that's that's what I got. Yeah, it's so good. Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. This is a good conversation, yeah. really just a conversation starter. In fact, there are some resources in the show notes if you would like to check those out, some other things that you can you can dive into to grow your sense of belonging. And yeah. if you have any questions or want to know more about how to belong here at B4 Church, please feel free to email us or contact us online or call our office. We would love to help you belong to this thing called B4 Church. Yeah, and also invite somebody, invite somebody to belong, yeah. to join this conversation, to listen, to um, jump into relationship with you. Don't underestimate your one impact on someone's life. Yeah. And also, if you liked today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend or give us a rating or review. Yeah. All right. You guys have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in for this uh, for this message. I just want to let you know that um, for a number of different reasons, we're going to be migrating this podcast to another stream called Weekly Messages. So if you've subscribed to this one, I'm going to ask you to take just a moment and would you subscribe to our new one? The link is on our website and also will be connected here so that you can find it, subscribe, and continue to receive these messages. Thanks, everybody.